use the force open. Live long and prosper. I'm going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit the Frog here. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 69 of A Play on Nerds. That's right, we said 69. It's going to be a dirty one. Get it. I'm lying. It's we're we're squeaky clean here. It's I'm pretty sorry. family friendly. <laughs> I'm sorry that we at, this is not family friendly, but we are certainly not sex people. No. What, what does that mean, sex people? <laughs> I don't know. We're not those people. Oh, yeah, and I'm Jarman, your, oh, your, your co-host. And we're yeah. not the sex people. Nope, <laughs> we are not co-host. the sex. That's someone else. That's a different podcast, and we're With not a them. very different podcast. Uh, but welcome back. We're here to talk about nerdy stuff and, uh, and our weeks and our lives and the things that are going on in the world. Absolutely. And later on in the show, what are we talking about, Steve? We're going to. So last week we we are returning to our roots of of Muppets and Star Trek. (laughs) So last week we reviewed uh, the original Star Trek film, Star Trek, the motion picture. And then this week we were going to be reviewing the Muppet movie, the first uh, the first full length uh, motion picture starring the Muppets. And I'm I'm glad we're we're doing this one this week. So we're a little less angry from things that happened Yes. Before the last podcast. <laughs> yes. We were we were a little bit mad last episode. It was a fresh wound. Now it's kind of like scabbing over, you know. That's right. But I'm we're sure not we'll... going to stop picking at it. Oh, even yeah. Even it's good for us. <laughs> we're going to scar. So, I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Anyways. welcome back. We're excited to have you. <laughs> sex. Uh, yeah, sex and stuff. Uh, so, uh, Jaron, what have you been up to since last we talked? It's been a bit of a time here. Uh, I uh, got to stay at a hotel with a girlfriend because she works at Marriott. So she gets some time to like points to like, you know, spend for kind of like for free, but she pays for some of it. Right. Um, and we get a little time away. So we went to an Orlando hotel, like right nearby where we live just to get a little escape. Staycation. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The best way to do it. And then our buddy Patrick, who has been a contributor on the podcast before him and his wife came to visit Orlando for a bit to visit with some of their family. So I got to stay with him for a night. That was fun. uh, Catching up and playing some pool. It was kind of fun. And last thing, uh, nerdy stuff, is that I saw Arrival and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and a double feature with the girlfriend. And that was a lot of fun. Wow. So what did what did you think of both? So here's the problem. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to, the calories has become too much. So I'm just not going to drink for much of the month of December. There's like a few days where I'll be with people where we're planning to have you know, a few beers or that kind of thing. But right. I'm just not, I'm not drinking for the month of December really. So it was our, my last day before I was going to do that. So we got, um, so we you went, got hammered ass drunk. Is uh, that- well, we went to the cinema cafe and, uh, you can order like wine or beer there as well and, and food. And it's really nice, big, comfortable seats. It was fantastic. Right in the middle of downtown. Orlando. Nice. And so we both got a bottle of wine for the first movie. <laughs> so we we watched uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and we were totally fine, you know, enjoying the movie. Towards the end of the movie, we were really enjoying it probably more than we should because we yes. had a, a whole bottle of wine by then. And then for the second movie, we we're like, let's get another bottle of wine. <laughs> so <laughs> the bet, the worst choice was seeing the uh, fun movie first and the cerebral movie second. That right. was our mistake. So 
by the end of Arrival, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to be okay? Are there really aliens here? <laughs> Am I dying right now? So I had to like read four articles after I saw the Arrival to be like, what just happened? I think I might have fallen asleep at parts. <laughs> so that was a bad choice. <laughs> but no, they're both really fun. Like Fantastic okay. Beast was kind of odd and kind of all over the place. Um, yes, it was. And I've heard that's a common complaint. Oh, you saw it too? Yes. Oh, cool. You actually got out of the house to see a movie. No. Oh, no. You you found it. It yes. landed on your doorstep. Okay. Yes. A stork <laughs> delivered it. Beautiful. <laughs> but that's the common complaint that I heard without any spoilers, uh, just that it's making itself just a complete setup movie for like these next movies that are coming where they forgot to kind of like actually build up the characters first. That's why I kind of Yeah, there was a it. lot going on. Yeah. Like, like, I feel so, like every other minute, there's something insane happening. And beautiful visuals, great actors, cool stories, but just like too oh, the, much. The, the creature designs were spectacular throughout. Just spectacular. But yeah, there was a lot going on through the entire movie. There is a platypus thing that steals money, and he's amazing. I like the, the monkey thing that's like invisible. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love invisible monkey thing. And then Arrival was really good for the first part of the movie that I remember. Uh, it was very enjoyable with uh, Amy Adams being a great actress. She really can when she's put in the right roles. I mean, Lois Lane, no one could have fixed that because. No. I mean, yeah, I don't blame her for that. Uh, but it's got twist after twist and it's very interesting things you wouldn't expect. So it's not blow them up alien movie. It's just like, let's make you think movie. And so. Right. It was good. Both were seating, I would say. But yeah, but you would recommend both. Absolutely. All right. Good. Would you recommend Fantastic Beasts? I would. But as German said, it really is a setup film. Right. And if you're okay with that, that's great. But don't go in expecting a very clean beginning, middle and ending. And I think it really is a lot better for Harry Potter fans. Because the the entire thing is a lead up for the last five minutes and the Johnny Depp reveal. Right. The whole thing is just a lead up for that moment. But we don't know what that giant up reveal is because we're not spoiling anything. Nope. But it's pretty cool. and makes me <laughs> excited. Yes. I, mean, I don't like Johnny Depp now because he's a convicted, you know, spousal abuser. But, you know, whatever. Hey, what leading man in Hollywood is it nowadays? Apparently. Yeah, it's awful. And we don't <laughs> condone that. It's no. disgusting. But somehow Terrible. Hollywood doesn't seem to care. So we, we, no, can't, keep, we can't not see movies because of this because they hire all of them. We just so. keep opening our wallet over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not going to see Harry Potter movies just because one person in the movie is awful. I, that's, yeah, I'm not going to punish the rest of the cast and crew for that. Yeah, that's right. Damn right. Anyways. But he's horrible. So, yeah, yeah. just awful. <laughs> and then we did we did we record before Thanksgiving? I don't remember. Yes, we did. How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do for Thanksgiving? Oh, man. Was that, was that a two bottle of wine Thanksgiving? No, too, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. Um, oh, I went to Chicago. Yeah, to visit oh, my right. stepbrother. I, I don't know if we talked about that before on the podcast. So you told while. me you were going to, but okay. you hadn't yet. We spent 36 hours in a car driving from Orlando, Florida to Chicago, Illinois, and then back again two days later. So it was... It was rough, but I'm sure that that looked real good on paper. (laughs) Yeah, because we just flights in Thanksgiving time are awful are terrible. Yeah, you don't want to pay for that. It's like four hundred dollars, you know, for each person. So we did save money in the long run. But man, that was a lot of driving. And luckily, no family fights or anything. Everything went well. So it's good. And did you what was your favorite dish? 
Uh, well, actually, we ate at a Mexican restaurant. So <laughs> we had, I had a great enchilada. Mm, uh, but we also like met my, pilgrims. my new stepniece who was just born. That was uh, what was the trip was mainly about named Parker. And she was Aww. delightfully beautiful. She couldn't really smile yet. She was like she's brand new, like two days. Yeah. So I was telling them the stories that you told me about how babies can't see very far past a certain point with a certain age. Yeah. So it was cool. Yeah. Well, that's neat. So what have you been up to? Uh, not too much. Uh, Thanksgiving happened. We did a nice, quiet Thanksgiving uh, here, and we had our good family friend Chase come up from uh, Santa Cruz, which is just south of us. Not too bad. And we just did. We were. We did it small. Nice. We did a roast chicken. We did Brussels sprouts roast in the oven. Mm. Uh, I did mashed potatoes because that's the one thing that is it's unacceptable for me to not have mashed potatoes <laughs> on Thanksgiving. They're the best. You you can mess with any other thing. You can do a crazy change up. But if you fuck with mashed potatoes, <laughs> you and I are going to have problems. I got to have garlic in them, though. Yeah. Meh. If I if I had had the time to really to really do a true roast garlic, then, yeah, I would have done it that way, too. All right. Fair enough. And then gravy and Anna made a pie. Ooh, what kind of pie? Bi- and we had biscuits. Uh, Anna does this amazing. It's just this amazing peanut butter cream pie. Ooh, which I is that. Just, just spectacular. It's got a little chocolate ganache. That's like a little crunchy layer of chocolate on the top. It Dang. is so good. It is so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't like many pies, but that sounds great. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's like the one pie that whenever Anna asks what she should make, that's always maybe you should make the bean burger pie. <laughs> you know, just for fun. You know, whatever. And she's <laughs> like, I just said I was gonna make a sandwich. I said, make the pie. <laughs> so the divorce papers are on the way, and uh, yes. It's good. As long as she makes the pie first, I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> and then the next day, we went up to her mom's and did second Thanksgiving. Her mom brought some leftovers down from Anna's brother's place. We brought the pie. We brought leftover mashed potatoes and just did like a, a mini Thanksgiving with her mom, which was really nice. Oh, you're making me hungry. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so it was low key. And we didn't do any Black Friday stuff because that's just terrible. Yeah. I don't and get somebody with that. who used to work retail and had to work Black Fridays, dear God. Now, there is a guy I know who is a patient of my former girlfriend. She's a live-in, a live-in kind of live-in nurse kind of thing, overnight nurse. Mm-hmm. And he's a paraplegic, so he can't – you can only move his mouth around in his hand a little bit to control his wheelchair. That's about it. But okay. his favorite thing to do every year is to go like two days early to Best Buy and camp out first in line in a tent man and his nurses stay with him and help him and for him it's not even about buying stuff you know it's just about he likes the experience he likes finding a couple deals and it's like he looks forward to it all year and it's kind of something he enjoys so sure i see that for him but i don't know why he wants to do that because it seems like it'd be such a stressful situation once you get in you just be with your family people (laughs) well he probably doesn't like his family very much i get it but like (laughs) i watched videos of people riding over toilet paper like there's that's a problem yes Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Thanksgiving came and went and then just getting back into work, which is just absolutely nuts because you know we've got Thanksgiving break and then three weeks and then Christmas break for us. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it's like three weeks to hurry up and get everything done before everyone leaves again. Jeez. So it's just it's absolutely nuts for, for the three weeks in between. Which I is honestly, where we are right now. I'm for getting rid of either Christmas or Thanksgiving. I know. The Bible Belt Christians of, of America won't ever get rid of Christmas. So maybe we can get rid of Thanksgiving because they're too close together. They cost money. People need to fly in. It ruins things. It's too. It's just stressful. You know, we don't oh, need them yeah. Both. And, and Anna and I, you know, her her brothers, her brother that's two and a half hours north is the one that ended up wanting to host Thanksgiving. And we went, nah, we're not driving with a baby five hours on Thanksgiving. 
Heck no. We'll, we'll do a small Thanksgiving here, but we're not driving five hours. Yeah, it's just unnecessary. No, it's crazy. Otherwise, things have been good. Yeah, babies, we think starting to teeth, which is just the worst. <laughs> she just hates everyone always now. <laughs> She's been quiet so far. Uh, yeah, that's because we gave her Tylenol just a little bit ago, <laughs> just where we started. And so some brandy, should, you know. She should be pretty good right now. Some morphine, uh, you know. But yeah, babies aren't supposed to start teething until like four or five months, typically. And so she's only, she's not even three months old. So when she started showing all the signs, Anna and I were like, well, there's no way that's it. And of course, we call my parents and they my dad reassures me. Oh, no, you started teething early. I'm like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's genetic. Damn it. Genetics <laughs> ruining everything. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, she just hates the world sometimes. Mm. I'm so sorry, buddy. It's okay. I, I'm the one that chose this. I brought this upon myself. <laughs> you did. You had to take that action. All right. Well, now that we've updated, let's move on to some, to some 69 Nerd News. Yeah. It's time for Nerdy News. So, I was going to start things right off something I'm very excited about. All right. Which is the very lacking Star Trek Discovery news. Uh, they have some, which is great, but I'm like, okay. they're filming in 25 days. And they have yet to cast a lead character, a lead actor. Good. Actress. So, I'm everyone's a little like, well, what the hell are you guys doing? Do you have a set yet? Do you have a location for, do you have a script? <laughs> I'm mean, like, what's going on? So, they have Michelle Yeoh or Yao, uh, who that's the kind of older news that she was cast. She was the first person they mentioned that was cast. But uh, she was from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and she was a okay. bond, bond girl in Tomorrow Never Dies. So she hasn't been in a lot of American films recently, but um, she's playing the captain of uh, the Starfleet ship Shenzhou or Shenzhou okay. and Captain Georgiou. And so that's not the main ship. Discovery is the main ship. So we don't know what that's about. If it's like a ship they'll sometimes visit. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, but the other two, which is kind of exciting, is one is Anthony Rapp, who you might know from Rent the Musical. Um, he was guy at the glasses in Rent. If you remember oh, that. yeah. The main guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's playing Lieutenant Stamets, who's an uh, astromycologist. Which I'm not sure what that is. a fungus a fungus expert apparently of, of and, course yeah, and Starfleet officer or science officer, so he's actually on the Discovery and apparently it's been announced that he is that first gay character in Star Trek that they were talking about for a while now. So he's going to be the oh, first okay, cool. gay character. That's really cool. And he's a great actor in Rent. That's all I know him from, but he's good. And the last one I'm most excited about though is Doug Jones, who is basically any tall, thin, creepy-looking dude in lots of makeup in any movie you've seen or TV show. It's him. Um, he was in Pan's Labyrinth. He was in Hellboy as Abe Sapien, if you remember that. Oh, um, yeah. Um, let's see what else. He was uh, both the Hellboys. Yeah. Um, he if was you look at his upcoming surfer. movies, he's in a thousand movies coming up. <laughs> yeah. He was in The Strain, which is I, which I absolutely love. Oh, yeah. He, does he play like uh, himself in that one where he's not in tons of makeup? No, he plays. No, he plays the ancient, which is like oh, okay. the ma- the master, the tall, skinny, bald. Of character. course, but he's playing Lieutenant Saru, and it's a Starfleet science officer and alien species that's new to the Star Trek universe. So Ooh. that's exciting, very exciting, because he's great. He's a funny guy too in real life and in interviews mm. and stuff. Well, that's that's neat. Well, at least they're casting good people that we can kind of trust with the franchise. Yeah, so far, like good actors and not just no names or. Not just celebrities for the sake of being a celebrity. So that's right. Nice middle ground. 
But they still haven't casted a lead or at least announced a lead, right? Nope, not at all. <laughs> Man. A little worried. 25 days. Starting filming. And, and they also haven't announced the captain yet, right? Yeah. Not, the lead not, isn't going to be the captain. From yeah, what the I lead remember. is a lieutenant officer. They want to be either Latino or um, a black actress. And okay. then the captain, we haven't heard anything about. We don't know who the captain of, this, of the Discovery is actually going to be. So Wow. Okay. No. Well, they got they got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, they do. Mind you, maybe they're playing it close to the chest. Like maybe they they already have this figured out, and they're really just trying to build tension. That's very possible. It's possible. I hope so. Uh, so for my nerd news uh, this week, I call it far out, man. Far out, man. Uh, and it is a study that was done um, through NYU, uh, which tested the effects of. Uh, let me make sure I get this correct. Uh, psilocybin. Heard of that. Which is the active ingredient, the, halluc- the hallucinogen ingredient in uh, magic mushrooms on ca- cancer patients, um, specifically cancer patients suffering from depression. Hmm. Um, and so they looked both at terminal patient, basically a patient in any stage of cancer, including remission, because uh, they, what they said is that post post cancer, even when you've beaten it, the fear that it's going to come back can sometimes be worse than when you have it. Mm, that makes sense. Um, and so they would do these deep therapy sessions, like six hour therapy sessions and really hash up and then they would dose them. Um, and a, one of the people that participated said that, you know, after being dosed, she experienced the worst fear in her entire life, like floating in a sea of fear. And then it just alleviated. And uh, I think the quote was, even though I'm I'm an agnostic, the closest thing I can say is it felt like swimming in God's love. After the fear was over. Yes, after it lifted. Uh, and people have, this This study was four years ago, uh, and uh, so one person actually said that they have not, the anxiety has been completely almost obliterated since this happened. And at a minimum, most of the, uh, the patients said they experienced positive effects up to six months after. Hmm. So by unleashing the brain and really allowing the brain to explore like the absolute deepest fear, Everything else probably feels like nothing. Wow. But then if they live through that fear, like have a heart attack or something, that's what I'd be afraid of. Yeah, get over it. (laughs) (laughs) You're already dying of cancer. Who cares? Yeah, right. Go for it. Um, And then they said in in patients that were terminal, it really helped to uh, alleviate their fear of death. So typically just one dose. They don't do it like over and over again. Um, No, it's not the sort of thing they do over and over again. Right. Makes sense. But yeah, so, you know, magic mushrooms can be used to treat, they've been talked to, you know, uh, treating depression for years and years, but this is like the first real case study where they've really been able to quantify it. Yeah, it's just, I feel like not just American scientists, but people all over the world have been so scared of testing drugs for different, different things to treat different things. And we're finally kind of like relaxing on that and be like, what else can we do? Let's try this out. Like, it's not right. all bad, you know, stop being terrified of every drug ever just because people have abused them. You know, it's interesting. Cool, cool story. Yeah. And then the other one, this isn't really nerd news, but I just saw this <laughs> article and it made me laugh. Uh, so there are these birds called, I think, Kias, Kias or Kias uh, in New Zealand that have been caught on film uh, taking cones. They're like parrots, basically big parrots mm-hmm. uh, taking cones that were left at the side of the road by a work crew and then dragging them into the streets <laughs> What for no to try purpose? to stop cars to get fed. Oh, wow. So they're literally dragging like there are videos of these birds dragging cones in a line into the road <laughs> to try to stop cars. <laughs> oh, God, that's awful smart. 
They are. Birds are evil smart. That's like squid level smart. That's right. Or octopus. Yeah, birds are just evil. They're just the worst. Is that bird your your parents own still exist? No, they had a we had a macaw for the longest time that Stephen we, him and I grew up with basically because they they live like eighty years. It's Was ridiculous. it Chenna? Chenna, yeah, Chenna. And she almost bit my thumb off one time. That she really strong. Hated me. Yeah, she hated, hated everyone. Me. She was so depressed. She would pluck all of her feathers out because she's a depressed bird. So eventually they got her a friend, a cockatiel, and she bit its head off and it died. I remember that. <laughs> and then they went to a animal sanctuary and adopted another depressed macaw. It looked almost exactly like Chen, except it was kind of worse off. And they wow. lived together for a while. They were kind of happier with each other for a bit. And then Chenna just suddenly out of nowhere, I guess, stopped eating and just and just died. And then shortly after, the other one died, like really shortly after. Wow. Like it lost its, its companion. So it was very depressing. But yeah, your, your mom and Scott were really big on birds for a while. I remember they had that outside aviary thing. Yep, we got rid of that backyard. Eventually. And with that aviary we had in the backyard, we would get hawks that would rip the roof off to get to the birds and eat them. <laughs> it was terrible. I, I think I remember there was a part of the cage where you guys had to like zip tie over because a hawk had come down and started like breaking the wires. Yeah, he's so like, like, I'm going to get you. I'm going <laughs> the cage apart to get at the little birds inside. It's terrifying. <laughs> Yes, it was. <laughs> and then we have a koi pond in the backyard, and then the raccoons would go and just like grab it with their crazy human hands and grab the koi and just bite their head off. It's like <laughs> animals are terrifying. <laughs> They're horrible creatures. I remember one night you and I set up a sting operation <laughs> to catch the raccoons. I do remember school. that because we had the, and, the traps out there. Yeah, and we were up until I think two or three waiting for him and finally fell asleep. And the next morning they had come and killed a fish and we had, we had failed. <laughs> like, damn it. We are the worst detectives ever. <laughs> we're not good animal trappers either. Uh, <laughs> Florida. Uh, good times. <laughs> All right. So I guess that moves us on to our main segment where we are going to be discussing the Muppet movie. Why are there so many? Songs about rainbows and what's on the other side. Rainbows are visions, but only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been So, Muppet Movie. So this was the first time you'd seen this, right? I th- yeah, I thought I'd seen it before, but yeah, watching it, I'm like, I have not seen this before. At okay, all. good. Well, that's that's nice. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, starting off first, I was like, this is kind of slow. This is kind of for kids. What am I watching? I don't have this nostalgic connection to it that Stephen has. But that's true. I'm gonna be open to it. And then as it went along, it gets better and better and better and better and funnier and like ridiculous. Like there is. It's weird. Like. It feels strange to me because it goes for like 10 minutes being legitimately like feeling like a kid's movie. And I'm, I yes. do get kind of bored a little bit. I'm like, what am I watching? And then there's some joke will go in there. I'm like, that is ridiculously funny and inappropriate. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it is. There are a lot of those. Yeah. So I'm like, so it surprised me over and over again. And the, those moments came you know, quicker and, and they were closer together as the movie went on. So I think that. They were doing that on purpose, kind of like easing the audience into this and saying, we know this seems strange. There's these Muppets in a real world. And are you going to enjoy this as an adult? Yes. Yes. Yes, you are. Here you go. You know? Yeah. So do you remember when you first saw this movie? I mean, I couldn't. 
I remember I had Muppets Take Manhattan and Great Muppet Caper on VHS by the time I was like four or five, like taped off TV kind of VHS. Jeez. So and I'm so this one must have I must have seen it right in that same time frame. So you wouldn't be able to say how you first got into Muppets. Oh, no. Like how it just became this obsession. Yeah. Like I I remember uh, I love the Muppets. And then I remember like one of our neighbors gave me a tape that was like like an eight hour VHS that was like an episode of Fraggle Rock followed by an episode of the Muppets followed by an episode of Fraggle Rock like back and forth. Yeah. (laughs) And then I remember having like a tape with Muppet Family Christmas recorded on it really young, probably six or seven. But yeah, I mean, Muppets were just always around. So you were pirating movies well into your four, four years old. Yeah, that's when, yes. you, when you first that, started. That's, <laughs> yes, that was the best part of the VCR. <laughs> early, early pirating. No, I can't really pinpoint it, but yes, I've always, Muppets have always sort of been in my world, and I'm not sure why. That's really awesome, though. So it starts off, we got Kermit here in the in the, the swamp. Yep. Uh, singing a song. That shot blew my mind as a kid. And it should have, because they had to be, they had him in actual swamp, and they had Jim Henson under the water in scuba gear. With his head below water, having to control Kermit somehow. <laughs> yeah, either that or there was a uh, remote control version of Kermit for some of the shots. Yeah. Yeah, it took five days to film. For a five-minute scene. That opening scene took five minutes to film. It's uh, crazy. Five days to film. Uh, and then in comes one of the most ridiculous human beings ever, Dom <laughs> DeLuise. I love Dom DeLuise and everything <laughs> that he's in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he hosted the Muppet show and he was a friend of the Muppets through the years. Oh, but just gotcha. a ridiculous human being. Just my, ridiculous. He's one of my favorite parts of Robin Hood Men in Tights because he plays the uh, Don Corleone figure. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he's like, my fan, my fan. They're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. I cannot understand you. He's like, oh, sorry. It's these, these cotton balls in my mouth. <laughs> he pulls them out. Can't, can't understand anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dom Dell, we just ridiculous shows up, gives Kermit the idea to go to Hollywood. And then rose off even more ridiculously. Yes. <laughs> Bernie the agent meet Arnie the alligator. An alligator? Oh, Jesus. Alligator. Oh. <laughs> that was um, too funny. And then Kermit sets off for Hollywood to become rich and famous. And then one of my favorite lines in the entire film, uh, which is, if frogs couldn't hop, I'd be gone with the Schwinn, where, where Kermit is almost run over by a steamroller. Oh, yeah. The Schwinn, the bike. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole, the whole through line of this movie is also a uh, Colonel Sanders doppelganger guy. Who, yeah, he was very much based off Colonel Sanders. Yeah, and he's how he runs a frog legs chain of fast food restaurants that serve frog legs, and he really, really, really wants Kermit to be the mascot of this, <laughs> even though he's a real frog, and that's terrible. <laughs> I'm Doc Hopper. <laughs> Hi, I'm Doc Hopper, inviting you to hop on down and get some Hopper's French fried frog legs. I want to order a whole franchise of frog leg restaurants, and you're the key, Greeny. <laughs> it's the silliest, <laughs> weird villain through life in the world. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, Court Kermit doesn't want to do that because he'd be selling out his own kind. And so mm. he tries to escape a Doc Hopper, then takes it personally and, like, tries to seek vengeance on him. I mean, still on the way to Hollywood the whole time, collecting Muppets along the way who have their That's own right. reasons for wanting to go to Hollywood, either being famous or just because they want to entertain and perform. And then I think the first scene that I think you would speak to your point as far as like throwing in like jokes that are adult and more funny is the bar scene. Yes, because that's where, where we meets, have where he meets James Fosse. Coburn outside 
who, yes. if you don't know who he is, he also an actor for a long, long time. And you, you would recognize him from something. <laughs> yeah, he was like in Westerns and stuff a lot. Um, and then Kojak, I forgot his name. Telly Savalas, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He was in the bar. Madeline Kahn is in there for like two lines. I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> I love Madeline Kahn. <laughs> Buy me a drink, sailor. <laughs> Go wash, you'll get warts. Oh, no, yeah. that's uh, that's a myth. Myth? What? A myth? A myth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that same lady comes back later. He says it's a myth, and she goes, "Yeah, it's from behind the billboard." Like, where did she come from? She's dressed the same way. <laughs> that's those are definitely Mel Brooksian things, and Mel Brooks oh, is in this very movie. Very much Mel Brooksian, and all these Mel Brooks actors are in this movie. Um, but and then uh, my other favorite line from the bar is, uh, "Well, he seems lost." Well, you tried Harry Krish- Harry Krishna. Yeah. That running gag through the whole did, movie. Yeah, he did it to Dom DeLuise in the swamp. <laughs> oh, you, you with the banjo. Uh, can you help me? I have lost my sense of direction. Uh, have you tried Harry Krishna? Uh, no, no, I mean, I'm really lost. Yeah, I've got a, I have a poster that says lost. Have you tried Harry Krishna? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then a great um, in some great stuff in the bar scene. Uh, Paul Williams on the piano who uh, does the announcement for Fozzie Bear coming mm-hmm. on stage. Uh, Paul Williams wrote a lot of the music for uh, the early Muppet movies. He wrote a couple episodes of The Muppet Show, uh, and then uh, multiple Muppet Christmas specials, Muppet's Christmas Carol. Uh, he ho- I think I said he hosted The Muppet Show once, um, and, and he was a very big friend of The Muppets, and, and they threw him in on piano, which was nice. Okay, now they know who that is, because I, I saw that. I just didn't know who it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had a couple hits also in the seventies, hmm. nothing I'm remembering right now. Uh, and then my other favorite throw in there is that at one point, um, they pick Fozzie up and he's being manhandled by all these bikers <laughs> and, and one of the bikers is Frank Oz dressed as a biker while also puppeteering Fozzie at the same time. <laughs> I think I read that in the, the trivia notes. Yeah. It's it. If you look for it, it's spectacular to see how flawlessly it's done. I'm going to have to rewatch that. Now that I've read that, that is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, Frank Oz gets to make a nice little cameo in the bar. So that's fun. That takes talent. It does. Uh, if, we're, if we're moving past the bar, though, a cameo I was very excited about is the Big Bird cameo as they're driving down the road. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you going? And he's like, I want to start a public TV show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on my way to New York City to break into public television. Well, good luck. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Which is funny because at that point, Big Bird was probably more known than either either Kermit or Fozzie. Because when I was a kid, I didn't watch The Muppets. I didn't watch much of Sesame Street, but I had had a VHS cassette of Follow That Bird, and I watched that over and over again, and I cried every time I watched it. Uh, That's so, right. You should have. Yeah, I'm a but blue the, bird. But by the time this movie came out, uh, you know, Sesame Street had been the, on the air for a decade. Oh wow! Yeah, Sesame Street came out in 1969. This movie came out in 1979. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Big Bird was much more well known. Huh. But there was still a Muppet Show, which should have been well known too. But I guess Sesame Street had surpassed it in popularity by that point. Yeah, and the Muppet Show, I think, was uh, this was in between the second and third season, I believe, of the Muppet Show. Oh, okay. I thought it'd been on longer than when that. this was done. Um, no, unfortunately, my show didn't last too too long. I wish there was more of it. Mm. So then they pick up Fozzie, and they end up uh, hiding in a church. 
from Doc Hoppa. I'm Doc Hoppa. And then that's when we get a great, like, movie within a movie joke where they find the script, where Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem find the script to the movie. Which is also in a Mel Brooks movie later, and also in Robin Hood and Tights. <laughs> yeah, where they, they read forward through it up to the point where they're at the movie. Like, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're at their, they don't look like Presbyterians to me. Like, <laughs> uh, and it's just a great gag. Now, in that music number, I have to say one of the coolest things I saw was like, wait a minute. The set is moving with the music. Have you noticed that? I would have to rewatch it. For some reason, it stuck out to me immediately, and then I couldn't unsee it. Like, the set would move and pulsate with the music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that, like, like the shutters on the windows will flap, and some of the seats will move and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're all just part of it. You know, it's like not just a a set piece. It's also involved with the song. It's it's really kind of cool. I was like, oh, that's really neat. That was a a pain in the ass. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure it was. Uh, And then... Once they hear the Doc Hoppers after them, I'm Doc Hopper. While Kermit and Fozzie are taking a nap, they decide the best way to help them is to disguise their car. Yes. <laughs> and they paint it this ridiculous rainbow monstrosity. Makes it more visible. It makes it even more visible. Uh, but then after they leave, uh, after they leave the church, they're driving and Doc Hopper spots them. I'm Doc Hopper. And they are able to stop in front of, I think it was a sign for a cola, if I remember correctly. Something like that. Um, and their car literally blends perfectly into this psychedelic sign for the cola. And they get to escape. And then right after they escape, they reach one of the most disturbing moments in the film, to me anyways, where they meet Gonzo, who apparently is in a romantic relationship with a chicken. Yes. Because just, Gonzo is a turkey or something? I thought, he's, I thought he was an alien. It is later revealed he is an alien, but that wasn't until three decades later. <laughs> but he's in a relationship with a chicken who can't speak English. It speaks, it speaks chicken. That's right. Uh, and he's a plumber who's not very good at being a plumber. Uh, and he literally has a head-on collision with Kermit and Fozzie. And their cars end up attached. He ends up His car ends up upside down on top of the Studebaker. Which I thought was driving. adorable. <laughs> and probably very difficult to do as well. And then a slew of really crazy j- gonzo jokes. Incur where he's hopping up and down. Are you okay? I'm no, I'm hopping mad, and um, I'm gonna go to Bombay, India to break into movies. Yeah, and my favorite one was on and on. It goes quiet toward the end of that scene, and they're driving off, and it's just awkward silence. And the camera is on Kermit and Fozzie, and Fozzie slowly turns to Kermit and goes, "We picked up a weirdo." (laughs) That's all he said. Picked up a weirdo. Yeah, that was the, like the I laughed out loud at that moment because they they sat there for a few seconds saying nothing. We picked up a weird. <laughs> uh, so then they end up pulling into a car lot, buying a new car mm-hmm. for ninety five cents. I By think drinking the guy, yeah, Mad Mooney. Uh, and then that's where we get to meet Sweetums for the first time. First time, whose name is Jack? Well, kind of. His name is Jack. Sweetums, huh? Yeah, that's the name of the big. Big furry guy? Yeah, I didn't know it was his name. <laughs> yeah, Sweetums. Jack, where's my Jack? Oh, hi, Jack. Oh, Jack's not named. Jack Job. And he picks the car up and moves it. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that joke. And then they actually make a reference to it in uh, The Muppets, the most the the movie that came out with Jason Siegel, mm-hmm. where they go by, it's a Mad Mooney and Sons, and it's a guy dressed like Mad Mooney in the original, and then oh. Sweetums runs after them again. It's a nice little oh, that's funny. homage to the original film. We'll eventually get to that one, too. So they have a new car. They're on the drive. They end up stopping at a county fair. Mm-hmm. And that is where they meet. 
where Kermit meets Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy. Who is in a beauty contest. <laughs> and somehow wins. <laughs> actual women. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this has some of my favorite uh, cameos, this like sequence in the whole thing. A lot of cameos where they don't say much. <laughs> oh, no. Like one, like one, two lines, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite of which is Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. And mm-hmm. Edgar Bergen is was a ventriloquist who was, for the bulk of his career, a radio ventriloquist. Yeah, which makes so much sense. <laughs> which is so good. And his dummy, Charlie McCarthy. Um, and these and Jim Henson, for years, credited uh, Edgar Bergen with why he wanted to get into puppetry. And so to have his hero come and do a little cameo in a movie... And then die pretty shortly afterwards was probably pretty nice. And at first I was like, yeah, that's an awkward. It was kind of an awkward uh, cameo. And the camera stays on him a little too long after he's done with his line. But then I yeah, realized the dummy that, does a little like head nod thing. Yeah. yeah. And, but what's funny is that as a kid, I had a ventriloquist dummy and my dad yeah, was, was telling me, oh, yeah, this is uh, from Edgar Bergen's act. He had Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd. And Mortimer Snurr was a really dumb guy. And then Charlie McCarthy was like the refined English gentleman or whatever. So mm-hmm. I had one of those dummies when I was a kid. So I was like, I know who Edgar Bergen is. That's crazy. But like yeah. who, who our age would know Edgar Bergen except the two of Nobody. us? We're, we're, Nobody. We're weirdos. Besides us. We're weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos they picked up. Pretty much. Uh, and so uh, Piggy sees Kermit. They She falls instantly in love with him. They Kermit. end up talking. Uh Kermit ends up inviting her to come with them for uh, ice cream, and she mistakes that he's inviting her to come to Hollywood with them. Yeah. Uh, And then a cameo by Richard Pryor. Who's selling balloons. Plays the balloons, and then talks Gonzo into buying Camilla a whole bunch of balloons. The ladies go gaga for it. (laughs) Uh, And then Gonzo ends up floating off with a handful of balloons, and they've got to chase him in the car. Which is the best thing that ever happened to Gonzo his whole life. That's right. Uh, Bob Newhart cameo selling the ice cream. Yep. Absolutely great. And I love the weird flavors they just happen to have. Yeah, what was it again? Uh, dragonfly ripple for the frog and honey. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of <laughs> which sound good at all. Honey sounds good. Uh, maybe. So, yeah, they got to chase Gonzo down and then Piggy's with them at that point. Right. And they end up on the road and then stopping for the evening. Wait, before you Pig- get there. One oh. of my favorite Miss Piggy lines, <laughs> which it was also a non sequitur, like the Fozzie line, is after I think after they finally get to Gonzo or maybe beforehand, like they're all going crazy and nuts. And there's lots of weird things happening. And she goes, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> it's just like it was so funny. I don't know why. But as another line, I just laughed out loud. because it's Oh, and then a giant <laughs> pie is thrown. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're chasing the balloons. Uh, Gonzo gets shot down. This is Doc Hopper and his crony Max. I'm Doc Hopper. And while trying to drive, they drive into a sign that has a pie in it, and the pie flies. It's an actual pie. And hits their car. (laughs) Of course. Like an actual pie on a billboard. A huge (laughs) pie on a billboard. So they stop for the evening, and uh, they go to a nice restaurant, and Kermit and Piggy have a romantic dinner. Yes. And then one of my other favorite cameos, and probably one of the more extensive cameos, oh, yeah. realistically. And a really good one. Uh, is Steve Martin, who also hosted The Muppet Show and is also a friend of the Muppets, um, playing just the, the most snide Sarcastic. waiter you can imagine. <laughs> oh, waiter. Yes. May I help you? Uh, uh, the uh, The wine, please. 
that impetuous thing? It's champagne. Not exactly. Sparkling Muscatel, one of the finest wines of Idaho. Uh, uh, well, you may serve us now, please. Oh, may I? Uh, that'll be all for now. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Would you like to smell the bottle cap, sir? <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> no no you try uh, it <laughs> he tries the wine and spits it out excellent choice this sir. is our finest sparkling muscatel <laughs> from idaho <laughs> <laughs> uh you may go oh may i <laughs> thank you <laughs> he bows out <laughs> uh, so while on this romantic date piggy gets a call from her agent and ditches him it's pretty horrible and leaves him. And that leads to uh, one of my favorite songs in any Muppet thing, which is uh, between Kermit and Rolf, Rolf the dog, who's playing a lounge pianist in this restaurant. Uh, I hope that something better comes along. I also, that made me think already as I'm getting to know the Muppets more watching these movies. I'm like, so far, Rolf is my favorite character. I don't know why, but I like him a lot. Oh, I love Rolf. He's just chill. Um, and it was actually a very difficult scene and one that you don't get to see very often because both Rolf and Kermit are performed by Jim Henson. Ah, right. And so because of that, you don't, there are not many scenes that happen with both of them in early Muppets because it was just hard to pull off. That makes sense. Sound mixing and all. But yeah, it's the, the, the lyrics to the song are absolutely great. Dog jokes followed by frog jokes. It's great. Jokes about women. Oh yeah. She made a monkey out of old King Kong. I hope that something better comes along. <laughs> she just walked out on me. Yeah, typical. That's why I live alone. You do, huh? You bet. I finish work, I go home, read a book, have a couple of beers, take myself for a walk, and go to bed. Nice and simple. Stay away from women. That's my motto. But I can't. Neither can I. That's my trouble. You can't live with them, you can't live without them. There's something irresistible-ish about them. We grin and bear it cause the nights are long. I hope that something better comes along. Then he goes after Miss Piggy because he gets a phone call from Doc Hopper. I'm Doc Hopper. Saying, I've got your lady right here. Or something like that. <laughs> you want to see the pig again, frog? <laughs> Uh, so he goes, he gets led into a trap and, and enter Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks playing a Nazi. A Nazi like scientist. <laughs> yes, which is who's ridiculous. going to scramble Kermit's brain so that he can't that so that he'll do the commercials for Doc Hopper. I'm Doc Hopper. And this is one of the first this is the not the first time that happened in the Muppet Show where you get to see like Piggy's Kung Fu moves. Yeah, apparently it happens a lot. In, in the uh, Muppet Show, yes. She chops a lot of people in the Muppet Show. So weird. <laughs> so Piggy gets mad. They're salting her frog. Uh, and then uh, cry chops everyone. Mel Brooks ends up with getting his brain scrambled and thinking he's a frog. And her and Kermit escape. So two of my favorite things from that scene. Um, Mel Brooks licking the button on the machine. It's just really creepy and weird. Like while the other guy's talking, he licks the machine because he loves his machine so much. Um, and does he say a pig that goes bananas? What is this? A luau? Is that him or is that somebody? Else? Uh, yes, that is him. A pig that goes bananas. What is this? A luau? It's like, what does that mean? Yes. That means nothing. It means nothing. It was, it was hilarious. The 70s. It was a weird time. <laughs> and then Piggy ends up ditching them again. Yeah. 
Is our agent call somehow into that little place where they were kidnapped? Somehow. Yes, somehow. So they end up back on the road again. Dash Teeth and the Electric Mayhem pick him up. And then they end up picking up Piggy again. After her audition didn't work out. Oh, is that before or after they have like the late night like uh, sing along in the stars? I think they pick up Piggy before that. Right. They pick her up and then the mayhem, uh, electric mayhem finds them out on the road. Right. right. They break down. Electric mayhem finds them. Because Kermit has a very profound talk with himself during that scene, which I liked a lot where he went off. Yeah, that was nice. It was cool. Uh, And then um, I'm going to go back there someday. I know I say that like all these songs are my favorite, but (laughs) Paul Williams really wrote the shit out of this music. And, you know, that was that was the song that Aaron and I danced to at our wedding. Oh, I would have known what it was back then. I'm, I'm going to go back there someday. Oh, yeah. Gonzo sings it. And it's um, it's it was always one of Jim Henson's Henson's favorite. And then um, the guy, Dave Goals, who performs Gonzo, uh, performed it at his funeral. That's right. Because it was one of it was one of Jim's absolute favorites. Sun rises, night falls, sometimes the sky is that a song there do I belong there I've never been there but I know the way I'm going to go back there someday so then Doc then there's a scene where Doc Hopper oh yeah go ahead what were you gonna say I'm Doc Hopper I was going to say, one of the scenes toward the end, like suddenly the guy with the glasses and spaghetti hair was with them all and he, they never introduced him. He just suddenly was there. Glasses and spaghetti hair. He's like, I've seen him a lot, but I don't know what his name is. He's like in the Muppets a lot. Scooter? Yeah. He was there. Where'd he come he was, from? Uh, he was introduced with the Dutch Teeth and Electric Mayhem. Is he in the band? Oh, yeah. We couldn't go anywhere without him. He's the man with the connections? Nah, he's the man with the van. Oh, I missed that. It must have been so quick I didn't really see it. <laughs> yeah, Scooter is actually a character based off of Jerry Nelson, who joined the Muppet Performers at like 19, fresh out of high school, and was always underfoot and really excited to help with just about anything, and then they made the character Scooter based off him. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So yeah, Scooter was around. So there's a scene where Doc Hopper hires all these frog assassins. I'm Doc Hopper. Because those are things that exist. A bunch of frog assassins to hunt down Kermit the Frog. Uh, So then him and Dr. Teeth, uh, Dr. Teeth Electric Mayhem, the whole gang ends up breaking down in sort of this like fake Western town, I guess. Yeah. Which for some reason has a scientist and his assistant working there. (laughs) So they can shoehorn them in somehow. Yeah. And then you get to meet uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and his assistant Beaker. Who work on all sorts of things, including, I think, a singing rain barrel uh, and uh, end up really being the saving day because, you know, Doc Hopper chases chases Kermit down. I'm Doc Hopper. Kermit goes out to make a stand, makes a, a really val- valiant speech. Um, and just as he's about to be assassinated, Animal, who has taken like an Instagrow pill yeah. from from Dr. Bunsen Honeydew grows gigantic and his head breaks through the roof of the building, which was done with an actual huge puppet, by the way, I not a miniature crazy 60 foot puppet. They said, or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and scares off everybody and saves the day. 
It's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. It's a good scene. Yeah. Crazy. A 60 foot puppet because Jim refused to use managers. <laughs> so then they're back on the road. They make it to Hollywood and then they go and Orson Welles gives them a deal. That's the <laughs> rich and famous deal. <laughs> Please, sir. Uh, my name is Kermit the Frog and, and we read your ad and well, we've come to be rich and famous. It's Tracy. Prepare the standard rich and famous contract for Kermit the Frog and company. So, yeah, it's uh, Lou Lord uh, is the name of his character. Orson Welles, I think, has one line in the whole movie. Cloris Leachman plays his uh, his secretary. That's who that cool was. Little okay. cameo. Yeah. Um, and Lou Lord is actually um, based off of Sir Lou Grade and lo- later Lord Grade, who was a British um, quasi noble and producer who actually when Jim was trying to shop the Muppet show. No U.S. company, production company, would give him the money he needed to do it right. And so he ended up approaching this British producer, who was also a lord, who was finally the one that gave Jim the money he needed to do the Muppet Show right. I did read about that. That was pretty awesome, though. They gave him a and little so Lou, cameo Lou, here as Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, Lou Grade is based off of that character. And it's probably a good idea at that age not to give Orson Welles more than one line. Because he'll forget it. <laughs> yes, that's accurate. Or just get drunk and then forget it. Have you tried frozen peas? <laughs> My frozen peas are delicious. Uh, uh, and and then that's the end of the movie, pretty much. Like right around the corner, there's the big final musical number, which is sort of them doing the story that we just watched. On like sets on like, and stuff. On like, yeah, like almost like a theater set. Uh, and singing the song The Magic Store, which is another one of my favorites. Just great music throughout this whole thing. They're all your favorites. Uh, uh, and yeah, go for it. I was say, I, the version that I obtained <laughs> by Stork, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it looked beautiful. Like it must be the remastered version because it looked like as the movie started playing, I'm like, oh crap, did I download the new one by accident? And I didn't. It's just that it was remastered so well that. When you're just in scenes with the Muppets, you can't tell it's not a new movie until like a person walks in. Then you can kind of tell like, oh, they're dressed that way and they look kind of sweaty because it's the 70s. But like with the Muppets, it looks new because it was a remastered version. It looked beautiful. Yeah. And then it ends with this brilliant shot where, you know, everything kind of falls apart and the set falls over and knocks a hole in the roof and ends with this pullout shot showing, I think it was 250 Muppets in total. Mm -hmm. Um. And one, some of my favorite lines in any of the songs, which is, uh, life's like a movie, write your own ending, keep believing, keep pretending we've done just what we've set out to do. Thanks to the lovers, the dreamers and you. So nice. Um, and in that final shot, some cool people, they actually had to bring in 186 like ringer puppeteers because they didn't have nearly enough people Mm -hmm. to do all the parts. And they had to, apparently there's like a puppeteers guild (laughs) that like, the whole West Coast Puppeteers Guild showed up for this friggin' shot. It's surprising there already was a Puppeteers Guild by that time, which is pretty cool. Um, but then uh, two cool and notable people that ended up going on to do big things. Uh, John Landis. Oh, yeah. Manned one of the puppets. And uh, Tim Burton. Two very also, accomplished directors. Yeah. People that went on to do great, huge things. Uh, manned two puppets in the end shot of the Muppet movie. And now Max Landis, his son, is directing and writing films. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. he did. Um, he wrote that movie about the teenagers who found powers from a meteorite. Oh, Chronicle. Yeah. I loved Chronicle. Josh Chronicle Trank directed great. it, but he's he's when he wrote it. Oh, OK, cool. Well, good on you, John Landis. Yeah. 
some nice offspring uh, there. And then it just ends back in the movie theater where they finished watching the movie of how they met. Um, and it's just more Muppet shenanigans, which is pretty. It was, it was, I was happily surprised because I was yeah. like, am I going to be bored by this movie? And I wasn't. I was entertained. Yeah, but I do see what you're saying. The first 10 minutes, basically everything until he gets to the bar. Yeah, it's like it's pretty slow. It's a little bit slow. And like, I don't know if it's just going to be a sleepy kind of, you know, pleasant, happy movie. But then, no, it gets ridiculous and very Mel Brooksy. And I like to say that again because it's true. Um, yes, it is. And I always appreciate that. And is that pretty similar for the rest of the movies coming forward? Um, going forward? Not really, even. Because Great Muppet Caper has a very different, it's still very comical but has a very different feel to it. It's not, none of the other movies are quite as slapstick. Okay. Well, I guess I'll find out. Oh yeah, we will. We'll find out. Uh, So this is the first Muppets project to take place in the real world. As you kind of mentioned earlier, Um, the illusion of Fozzie driving the Studebaker was achieved by having a midget drive the car. Midgets, no longer a nice word. A little person drive the car via remote (laughs) control from the trunk using a television monitor to guide his steering. The puppeteers would lie on the seat or floor and not see a thing. The first time they tested it, the television monitor went on the brink and the driver had to be talked through the scene by an assistant director on a walkie talkie. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, you went through a lot of the trivia I had picked out. You already knew all that shit. So <laughs> there you go. I knew I, I did look at the article, but yes, I did already know right. most of it. And it's just it's very impressive the stuff they had to pull off with practical effects back then and with puppets on top of that. So, yeah. They don't do that kind oh, of stuff yeah. anymore. I mean, Jim, Jim really, for all the things he did, he kind of hated special effects. Mm. Like, he wanted everything as much real as could be real. Yeah. Always. And it shows. It turned out really well. And because it was all done on sets and all sort of, it, it holds up pretty well. Yeah, it really because, does. You know, it's dated. Don't get me wrong. It's super dated. Just some but, of the references and the cameos. Yeah. Like, people that no one will recognize in 10 more years, you know, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, now you'd be hard pressed to find people that can name even half the cameos, especially they're under 30 at this point. <laughs> like, oh, it's Steve Martin. And that'd pretty much be the end. Of yeah. it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's kind of true, actually. Wait, you don't, know, you don't know who Telly Savalas is? It's still, <laughs> still a thing. Is she still around? Cloris Leachman? She is. Wow. She's still alive, I think. That's impressive. Well, good. I'm glad that you seem to enjoy the Muppet movie. I did. I did. I think it's a good start and I'm excited to see where it goes next. Oh, yeah. I mean, after this is a Muppet's Take Manhattan, Great Muppet Caper, and they're both brilliant in their own respect. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I reach stuff I don't like, I'm going to be like, I don't like that. And I, that's why I, I try to be honest with this one. You know, at first I was worried and it was kind of slow. And here's the thing. Some of the songs expect- for me were a little too long. I will say that. Like uh, the Rolf song, I think was the appropriate length. It was a little bit shorter than the other ones. And I think that well, kept they, the movie they actually, going. They cut like two verses from the song, actually. And I felt like it was a perfect length. It was a good length of a song and it moved the movie forward. But like the other ones felt a little too long for me. I'm like, oh, it's still going. Okay. And I was like, and they're good songs. It's just like this. It kind of slowed the process down a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think that was uh, Never Before, Never Again. Which was the Miss Piggy song. That one went pretty long. <laughs> that It goes long and it's really. There were funny you know, moments a, in it, though. There were. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's a love song that just goes on a little too long. Yeah. But overall, I give it. Uh, I, I don't know what I give. It. It's a good movie. 
It was fun. It's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to give it stars. Uh, but like, I, I expect you to really enjoy The Great Muppet Caper, and I expect you to have a lot to say about The Muppets Take Manhattan. In good or bad way? <laughs> bad. Oh. I don't expect you to like Muppets Take Manhattan. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Ah! And that brings us to trailer reviews. <laughs> Where sexy trailer reviews, episode 69. 69. <laughs> <laughs> Here to play on Nerds, we have developed an interesting rating system to bring to you our ideas on the trailers we're about to review. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. Kill it with fire. <laughs> and our next step is Drunk Watch, which means that, yeah, I'd watch this movie. It'd be entertaining if I was under the influence of some kind of substance of some kind. But if I was sober, probably not going to check this thing out. No, nope, not going to see it. Next, we've got We'll See, which is maybe we just don't know enough about this movie to tell what the hell it's going to be. Could be good. Could be bad. Not sure. Eh. And our next category would be Get the Couch Ready, which means I'm definitely going to check this movie out at home. Wouldn't necessarily pay the big bucks to see it in theaters, but I'm definitely going to watch it at home. So get that couch ready. After that, we have Take a Look, where we are recommending for you, our viewers and listeners, to check out this movie and check out the trailer and tell us what you think about it. We, we wanted to see what you guys think. It looks pretty good, but we're not quite sure yet. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Let us know. And for our final and best category, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut up and take my money. This looks so awesome. We're going to see it. That's where we cannot wait to give Hollywood bigwigs all of the money that we have earned at work to go see a film for $47. We're so excited. We just have to go see it. We, have, we don't have a choice. And that is our A Play on Nerds official copyrighted trademark system for rating our movie trailers. So why don't we talk about Ghost in the Shell first? Yeah. yeah. What's that about? Yeah. So I think this From is what I can tell. This is sexy RoboCop. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember when I watched the anime years and years ago because people always recommended it to me. It was something kind of like uh, uh, anime Matrix, like a proto Matrix kind of movie, but mm -hmm. also kind of RoboCop kind of like there's something involving her being in a machine. Is she really alive? Is she not? Is this all is this reality? It gets very philosophical and stuff. So, right. It wasn't just like action, action, action. So I'm curious to see if they actually make it all action or make it philosophical like it was in the anime. This is Major. I'm on site. I'm going in. You are the first of your kind, but you're not invulnerable. Maybe next time you can design me better. Everyone around me, they feel... Connected to something. Connected to something I'm not. What are you? You were dying. We saved you. And now you save others. Words like violence. I don't know who to trust. You trust me, right? I know I have a past. I'll find out who I was. 
Everything they told you was a lie. Who are you? They did not save your life. They stole it. I mean, this, when I say RoboCop, this, that's really what I saw through this whole thing. Right. Like a soul that is in somehow or another tricked into being a robot only to realize that it is actually in a prison made by its makers and then turns against its makers. Because they're saying, they mentioned one part, you were nearly dead. And then they guess brought her back as a robot so she can kick some ass in a very right. tight jumpsuit. <laughs> Just in insanely tight jumpsuit. <laughs> and when she, there's a suit and she jumped out of the building, I was like, is she naked? And then I was like, oh no, that's a jumpsuit. And then I said, oh yes, that's a jumpsuit. <laughs> Episode 69. 69. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I honestly don't really know what to think of this trailer. I know that this movie doesn't really interest me though. Fair enough. I'm not going to give it a burn it because I'm sure it'll be okay, but I, I have no desire to see this. I mean, I think it looks beautiful in the trailer. Good. Um, just cinematography. The, the CGI looks really well done. It looks like good action sequences. So at least there's that. So it's not a burn it quality. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's burn it, but I don't. This is not a burn it. But this isn't even a we'll see mm. for me. Gotcha. I've seen enough. I don't need to see this film. <laughs> Well, for me, since I saw the anime, I remember really liking it, even though I can't remember much about it now, um, but it was really well made. And the original creator of the anime has signed off on this, saying he thinks it stays true to the original, despite okay. despite the whitewashing. So I will give it a take a look. What do you mean whitewashing? Are you telling me Scarlett Johansson is an Asian? <laughs> well, that's what I thought was weird, too, is they kind of make her try to look kind of Asian, which is odd. I'm like a that makes me, bit. makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Because you're gonna cast a white lady, cast a white lady. Yeah, just go for it. I mean, don't try to half-ass it. That's kind of odd, creepy. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even gonna give this a we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's a new rating. Meh. And the new the new rating is eh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I give it. I give this a eh. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Versus the next movie we're gonna talk about with it, which is absolutely a shut up and take my money. And that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Now, whatever you do, don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. I agree. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. No! Showtime, a-holes. Ah! Does anybody have any tape out there? I want to put some tape over the death button. Nobody has any tape. Not a single person has tape. You have an atomic bomb in your bag. If anybody's going to have tape, it's you. I have to do everything. You are wasting a lot of time. <laughs> That's a really bad sign. If I touch someone, I can feel their feelings. You feel love. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everybody. No, sexual love. No, no, I don't. For her. No. <laughs> she just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, <laughs> come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> do me, do me, do me. 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 looks like it's going to be more of what we loved about the first one. Right. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Yeah. Great soundtrack. Everyone's filling their roles the same as before. Drax is crazy. Uh, Star-Lord is the, the reluctant leader. The only switch is now little baby Groot instead of big Groot, which is lovable for a whole different set of reasons. Like incredibly adorable. Like you can't help but love him. I know. I mean, this the scene they showed with Rocket Raccoon, like telling him not to press the button and the group (laughs) really didn't get it was adorable and hilarious. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. And I'm Groot. No, don't touch the button. (laughs) That's the button that blows up the world. Uh, Does anyone have any tape out there? I want to tape up the button that ends the world. There's no tape out here. You tried everyone and no one has tape. <laughs> but I put like it's the lighthearted little brother of the Marvel franchise. This, yeah. These movies. And they're just so fun and funny and they don't take themselves seriously. There's no brooding involved. And I'm excited to see Kurt Russell as his father. I, we didn't get that in the preview yet, but I'm excited. Oh, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't show that at all. Because I don't know how they're going to do that. Cause he's supposed to be a planet. But we'll see. <laughs> Apparently, it's explained in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Interesting. He's like a he's a planet, but then takes a human form. It's basically like the you know like the Jesus mythos or the yeah the Father, know. the Son, you know, planet ghost. I became I became flesh. <laughs> flesh episode sixty nine. Sixty nine. How does a planet do it? Uh, uh, planet dick. Kurt Russell. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah. This is amusing to me that Kurt Russell is, after all these years, back in bed with Disney. What did he do with Disney before? He was like a Disney kid. Oh, wait, like way Disney back owned his life in his adolescence. And apparently he's been out of movies for a while because he um, wanted to coach his son's like soccer team and help his kids grow up, which is really admirable. And now those kids really? are older. He's like, see. okay, getting back in movies now. See if he really had a break in his career. He did like a few. He did like that movie Death Proof or whatever it was, Planet something or You're another. You're right. He has a big break from 2007 to 2011. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It was a good four years And then there. even that, it was only a movie every other every other year. And then finally, 2015, he's like back in the game. Yep. And he's still a badass, so he can still do that Furious stuff. Furious 7, Bone Tomahawk, The Hateful Eight, Deepwater Horizon, Fast 8. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. He's back in the game, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, suffice to say, shut up and take my money. That's eh, a we'll see for me. Uh, shut up. <laughs> of course, it's a show. Take my money. Uh, I cannot wait to go see this movie. I'm so excited. So that leads us to our thank you section, which we have a little bit to cover here. Uh, thank you for being a fan. <laughs> Hope you all get addicted to that. 69. Golden yeah. Girl 69. Um, <laughs> so first of all, I want to give a shout out to our friends Paul and Sean. Paul Wright and Sean Vanderloo, who just a couple weeks ago did their final episode of Sci-Fi Waffle Podcast. Um, which wow. I listen to every episode, but they, I think they got to around... 40 something they didn't quite get to 50 it was like 45 but uh how do they do that what that 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 they had 40 or 50 episodes and theirs has lit like how often they released episodes that's nuts what do you mean 
So they hadn't started that podcast when we did our interview with with Sean Vanderloo. That's true. They hadn't even started that podcast. Because they do what they did one like every week, unlike us. And then so they've gone through it's gone through the life and death cycle. Yeah. <laughs> it's now dead in the time that it took us to get to episode sixty nine. Sixty nine. Sixty nine. Golden Girl sixty nine. Yeah. Planet Dick. Um but yeah, they um, <laughs> they unfortunately Paul is got too busy with his kids and stuff like that, so he had to just basically take it easy for a while and he was already involved with this ten forward podcast, so he wasn't able to right. edit that and do it. So we understand it's Life problems happen, but they work their butts off doing that once a week on top of doing other podcasts and having lives and kids and all that stuff. So it was a great episode. It was a great podcast. We go back and listen to them. They're great discussions of a lot of science topics that we don't cover. Um, they cover more things more in depth sometimes like books and um, different news stories that come out. So it was it was really fun. We're all about the broad strokes here to play on nerds. Yeah, the very broad strokes. And they would mention <laughs> us a lot in the show, which is great because they both listen to our Aww. show, which is awesome. Um, so thanks for doing that podcast, guys. Sorry to see you go, but we understand. Uh, and Sean still runs the Rusted Robot podcast with his buddies. And they sit around, do like a roundtable discussion. And they talk about sci-fi and science-related stuff. And, of course, sometimes robots. And they also give mm-hmm. us shout-outs in that show sometimes, which is great because they listen. <laughs> or at least Sean does. Um, and for comments on our last episode where we talked about the Trump U.S. election and the Star Trek The Motion Picture, mm-hmm. um, we had a few comments on Facebook. Uh, David Captain Hot Dog Cramlich. I'm pretty sure it's Captain Hot Dog. It's been a while since I've seen those names together. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, he said the greatest look in Star Trek is McCoy with beard, medallion and chest hair. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't agree more. Mm. Uh, Michael McGovern says, awesome. I can't wait to listen as I think in spite of its flaws, this film is very underrated. And yeah, I can see that in some ways it's underrated. In other ways, it's like appropriately rated. <laughs> yes. As I said, I think on the episode, I remember this movie much better than it actually is. (laughs) I think we gave it a very well-rounded review. Yes. Yes. Uh, Daniel Hitch says, my only question, will this review series get round to this one? And he says he showed a picture of a real movie theater marquee somewhere that someone had posted and they had stuck the names Star Trek and Sausage Party, the movie Sausage Party, together. Star Trek Sausage <laughs> yeah. Party. Episode 69. <laughs> 69. Sausage Party Star Trek. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't want to see that movie either. Um, <laughs> and, yes, uh, if it exists, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah, if it existed, we would. And Sean Vanderloo posted on our Facebook wall as well. Uh, love what you guys said about having to choose between Gal Dukat and Kai Wynn in the presidential election. And I think if I said that, that's a reference from the Dork Trek podcast, so I stole it from them. Okay. Because that's gotcha. two characters from Deep Space Nine that are basically both bad, but they had to choose between the two of them would be awful because they're both bad characters. Yes, I certainly did not say that. No, because you haven't watched Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after we finish the movies, it'll just make me watch the Muppet Show and the Sesame Street, and you'll have to watch all of Star Trek. Oh, man. I mean, if you tried to watch all of Sesame Street, you would never end. No. It's like, what, You're 40 for years it. now? 50 years? 45. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, that is all. Well, our, thank you for yeah. all the comments, guys. That was awesome. Appreciate it. Well, it's been a good episode. We've been a little bit dirtier than usual. 69. 69. 69. Atlantic. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us from Muppet Madness. We'll keep talking about nerdy stuff and everything in between if you keep listening. So thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends.
If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aplayonnerds. Or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at aplayonnerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash aplayonnerds. Fun videos and stuff to check out, youtube.com slash playonnerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search index for podcasts and that way we know if we stink exactly let us know if you hate us or you love us that's always great check us out at our website www.playonnerds.com where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers and you can also always email us at anything at a and then check us out on i guess snapchat maybe <laughs> for dick sticks or tumblr <laughs> tumblrs Periscopes. Uh, you could also throw a rock at us with a message on it. Carrier pigeons. We accept cassette tapes. <laughs> I love cassette tapes. We just want to hear from you. Yes, please send us anything you like at any social media outlets. However you do it, check us out. And how. Hot dogs? <laughs> that would be so much cooler. Ah. Uh... Test, there, test. Is, there, there is like a thrumming um mm, yeah that's just my mm, computer i got rid of the noise mostly especially did you because it sounds about the same to me <laughs> really mm, mm, <laughs> it's much quieter mm, the waveforms are almost gone i turned the okay. bass bass really far down as long as it's lower on your end that's all that matters yeah so i can edit it out versus the next movie we're going to talk about with it which is absolutely a shut up and take my money and that is guardians of the galaxy volume two. Oh, i thought you were gonna say the thinning <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> I, don't even know. I did think the thinning looked interesting i haven't watched the trailer i don't, I don't know what it is <laughs> you jackass 69 69 <laughs> yeah <laughs>